You're listening to Time Out with Jen and Lisa, a podcast where we talk about what matters most, sports. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 25 of Time Out with Jen and Lisa. This is 25 episodes of listening to us ramble on about sports. And occasionally tell funny stories. Yes, and occasionally tell funny stories. Lisa's got her trivia. We're pretty excited to bring you episode 25. I feel like we need like a little party. Like we need some cake or something. Well, I just ate a cupcake. I did. Yeah, I did too. So I guess that's our celebration. Okay. But uh, we have some good topics to talk about. We've got the NHL playoffs going on. Um, There's some interesting stuff going on with that. Uh, We've got the PGA drama going on. We've got a big trade I guess in the NFL, you could yeah, I say. You could say that. Kind of a, I mean, I, I think, I think the the player that was traded can can make an impact. And we've got some amazing college softball um, going on. The amazing is going on. I think it's been one of the best tournaments from start to end that I've seen in a long time. So it's it's uh, been a good time to watch some sports. And I guess we should kick it off. I'm your host Jennifer Fink. With me is the amazing. Wow, what an intro, Lisa Porcello. Well, you are amazing. I silently am is it I, your grammar. Is it because I made your cupcakes? Says. Yeah, it was great. Well, it really wasn't for me. I just got to eat them. You did a very good job icing them. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, so sorry. We talked about baking and icing. Um, but yeah, let's kick it off with the NHL. We've got uh, the playoffs going on here. Do you have any surprises? Do you see well, any any you know things you want to mention? Well, just something real quick. Uh, not the NHL, but the OHL, which is the uh, Ontario Hockey League. Yes. So uh, recently they had their uh, priority selection draft. It was on Saturday. And for the first time, a female player was drafted. A 16-year-old goaltender, Taya Curry from wow. Park Hill, Ontario, was selected in the 14th round, 267 overall, by the Sarnia Sting. So she she's let's she's see. sixteen. Sixteen. Jeez. Five foot seven Curry last played for the Elgin Middlesex Chiefs triple A boys under sixteen team. Um you know, she was asked by OHL TV how she would like to be seen by the Sarnia Sting fans, and she said, Treat me like a normal player. Don't think of it as a girl that I stand out. I just want to be a normal teammate and I wanna be a family to the team. So there was the only woman that played in the NHL. Who was that? Do you know? Man Rayom. Yep. She played in preseason. Yep. Exhibition games in 92 and 93 for who? Tampa Bay. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> she played one game. I felt in the like qu- I was on the spot there. Goodness. She uh, um, congratulated uh, Taya Curry, which is pretty cool. And so did uh, Shannon Zabatos, who is the goalie for the past three Olympics for Team Canada. You know how good she is. Uh, she played um, with the Trois-Rivières Javiers. I'm sorry. That was Manon Riom. She played for the Tri-City Americans <laughs> of the Western Hockey League in 2003 and 2004. So both of those amazing women congratulated this kid. And, of course, Taya Curry was pretty pumped about that. These are idols. So... Interesting. Yeah, so there you I go. I like that. Yep. That's very exciting. Do you know that there is the the NHL award um, called the Lady Bing Trophy? Yes. That's named after 
<clears throat> the governor general of Canada. I'm sorry, her husband was the governor general of Canada. Uh, but she was an, an avid hockey fan. And when they lived in Ottawa, they would attend games all the time. And she donated. It goes for sportsmanship, trophy. right? Yes, for yeah. sportsmanship, which I thought was Yeah, Austin was Matthews cool. is one of the guys I don't up have for a the comment. award. Uh, it's a crappy award then. <laughs> um, <laughs> pardon me. Um, let's see if there's any others. I mean, well, Kendall Coyne Schofield, what, came in fourth? She competed in the NHL skills competition. And isn't the Norris Trophy named after a woman? Am I right? Am I wrong? In addition to Marguerite Norris, seven women have their names etched on the Stanley Cup. Sonia Scorfield, Marie-Denise de Bartolo York, she was the president of the Pittsburgh Penguins, Marianne Illich, co-owner of Detroit Red Wings, Denise Illich, Red Wings, Carol Illich, <laughs> Red, Red Wings, Wings. <laughs> Charlotte Graham is was an executive with the Colorado Avalanche. So yes, um, there are several that are on the uh, Stanley Cup um, etched into the Stanley Cup, which is right. pretty cool when you think about it. That is pretty cool. So, yes, congratulations to her. At 16, um, I was, um, I don't know, probably playing video games. and mm, You were you were participating in sports. I was, but I was not entering the, the OHL. I mean, that's quite impressive. Well, you so, didn't play hockey. I didn't. But you played field hockey. I did. I did, but that's awesome. I hope she does really well. I do too. Um, she seems like a great kid, uh, good head on her shoulder. So, yep, first she just wants ever. to get out there and play. First so. female ever drafted in the OHL, so that's yep. pretty awesome. So, congratulations! Yay! Yay! Hope you do very well. Um, and should we switch over gears to the NHL and the playoffs? And what are, what's your take on it? Uh, did you see that insane hit that? Uh, Mark Sheffley hit on uh, Montreal Canadiens forward Jake Evans. I did, but it was no worse than a Scott Stevens hit. It wasn't, but back when Scott Stevens did it, it was legal. Now it's not. How is it not legal now? Did he drop his shoulder? I didn't no, think no, no. he dropped his shoulder. What Scott Stevens did was legal. You know, you could get away with it. Yeah. And now you oh, can't. So it's not that it's legal that there's a penalty. That yeah. there's a penalty. It's not that it's legal. It's that it just wasn't call the game was rougher when scott stevens played i think every sport was rougher back then but that, that's a whole other story yeah i agree just watch um, the 1985 chicago bears <laughs> 30 for 30 and yeah oh and the detroit pistons oh my god the detroit pistons yeah. one too the bad boys or something like that yeah watch so, that watch those two and i'm like oh i miss that kind of sport so mark sheffley he sort of defended his hit that he put against Jake Evans. And he said the NHL was excessive in giving him a four game suspension. Um, you know, he, he thinks four games is a bit excessive. Uh, you know, Evans was taken off the ice in a stretcher. Uh, you know, he diagnosed with a concussion. Um, the NHL called the hit a highly predatory hit. Jeez. I don't know. I, I mean, according to, to he Mark... Didn't, but he didn't start... He didn't hit one skate after he crossed the blue line. Like, he just coasted, didn't he? Well... He uh, wasn't, like, targeting him. He wasn't sprinting towards him. I mean, the uh, Mark Sheffley's argument is that uh, there was a minute left in the game. Uh, they had just scored Winnipeg. It's a one-goal game, and his only thought in his brain was to prevent a goal. He said there was no malice, no intent. He didn't go in that with the frame of hurting someone. Because it, it was an empty net. 
and he was trying to keep uh, Jake Evans from scoring into the empty like net. A half second before the hit, Evans put the puck in the net. Yeah. So, and then he got creamed. So, the NHL argued that Sheffley made no effort to make a defensive play on the empty net attempt, and by taking his hands off of the stick and turning his shoulder into Evans, he was conceding the empty net goal and turning his attention to delivering a hard, violent check to an opponent with the outcome of both the play and the game already have been decided. Interesting. But he pushed back on that, too. He said, I am not preparing for a hit. I was preparing for contact. He's trying to get to that post, and I'm trying to get to that post. He's like, the NHL is completely incorrect. What is his history? He actually, I have his numbers on his history. He cited, you know, his, his head coach, Paul Morris, said he's a clean player. Um, yeah, you he really doesn't don't play dirty. No. Um, if you look at his record, he's got 237 penalty minutes in 575 career regular season games. Wow. That's, not That's not bad at all. That's actually pretty good. Um, and Shifley did reach out to Jake Evans. He's good friends with, um, Brendan Gallagher, who plays on the Canadians and he apologized, wanted to make sure that, you know, he apologized for that. Um, you know, it, it does create a lot of animosity, I think between the two teams. Um, but I, I feel like Shefley's got a good point that, I mean, maybe a two-game suspension. I feel like in playoffs, with he, him being your top center, and I, a four-game suspension. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not buying the four-game suspension. I think that's too much. I mean, and and like it's he, not like he left his feet and lifted him off of the ice. I mean, it was the impact of the ice. But Evans, I don't think ever saw it coming. I think that's the other part too. I feel yeah. I mean, I feel like Sheffley was trying to prevent that goal. It was an empty net. I agree. Evans was going with the puck to the goal, and I think Sheffley was trying to stop that goal from I happening. Agree. I agree. You know, he said, you know, he goes, the result is what sucks. Having a guy hurt is what no one wants in this league, but they made their decision. I don't agree with it. Um, you know, I just keep coming back to my record. I had 12 penalty minutes this year. I've only had one boarding penalty in my entire career. I've never Jeez. had a charging penalty. He goes, I don't think I've had more than 20 hits a year. He's like, my intention was completely not to injure, but to prevent a goal. Wow. Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not seeing it. And here's the shame of it is that uh, his uh, parents and other loved ones are getting harassing messages uh, online and over the phone. People need to stop. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he said... You know, he's like, I can accept the punishment, but the hate that my family has gotten is completely unacceptable. Uh, yeah. He's, this so is the they, problem so when people been, hide, can hide behind computers. Yeah. So his parents, unfortunately, have been getting a lot of hate, mm. which is a shame. Uh, Interesting. You know, he's eligible to return for game six of the series. Montreal's up 2-0. Uh if the Jets are swept, the final game from his ban will carry over into next year's regular season. And since oh, this, right. That's right. Yeah. So since the suspension was less than six games, he did not have the right to appeal to a neutral arbitrator. He could only appeal to NHL commissioner Gary Bettman. And he said, and Sheffley has just said that he's not going to do that because he doesn't want to be a distraction to his team. Mm. 
he's like, I don't want to distract my team from their goals. I like that. So if you look at his numbers and you look at his record, he doesn't have a reputation like uh, Tom Wilson's. I, 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 you know, at first when I saw the hit, I was like, boo, man, that's dirty. But but you're kind of looking at the after. Exactly. And I mean, now he, hit the, he had no idea it was coming. It was a total shock to him. And then he hit the ice and was completely passed out. And I, I got to give the ref credit for hovering over him so that none of the players would step on him. But I, I've got to say, I think I agree with Sheffley. I don't think his intent was to harm. I think his intent was to, to stop, stop the that goal. goal from happening. I agree. You look at his record. He's got a clean record. I just don't see him as that type of player. So, And, and I do think four games is excessive. Maybe two. Maybe, Maybe two. one. But four games, and that is Winnipeg's top center. And yeah. you're taking him out of I the don't... equation for the rest of their um, their series. Yeah, I, I, I just I feel that. like that's a bit much. I think I, I've seen way worse hits and boarding hits that have not been called. And this hit, which was actually a clean hit, just bad situation, just, you know, and, mm-hmm. and bad outcome is he's getting hit with uh, with a four-game suspension. He didn't get any monetary fine, No, right? no monetary. I mean, you, you think of that, and you think of the Tom Wilson stuff that he does, and then you kind of wonder. I mean, know. his intent is to harm Tom Wilson. Oh, totally. Without a doubt. He goes totally. in and plays a game, and he's his intent is to harm. So, I, I mean, Winnipeg is down 2 nothing. They play tonight, uh, game three, Winnipeg, uh, Montreal. Winnipeg has, has got a got to step up otherwise they're going to get eliminated they're going to get swept and i i I mean i'm what i'm hoping is that by losing sheffley maybe it'll fire them up a little bit Mm -hmm. but i think montreal is pretty fired up because oh yeah a bunch of the players came out and said that they vowed revenge on sheffley um it's disgusting Uh, defenseman joel edmondson vowed revenge on him saying if he gets back in the series we're going to make his life miserable so I think Montreal might be fired up as well. Wow. Well, let's hope it gets to a spot where he comes back because I would <laughs> like to see that. Nothing like seeing two Canadian teams beat the crap out of each other. Well, yeah. I mean, I've always said I think there needs to be fighting in every sport. I agree. How I much, think there should be. I mean, how you, much fun would that be? Can we talk about how awesome Kyle Parmary is doing? Oh, Kyle. The Islanders? I miss Kyle. Man. I, I, the Islanders tied up their series Saturday 2-2 with I know. Uh, Vegas. And I'm sorry, not Vegas, Boston. I was like, Vegas? I, know. I, I don't know I'm where like, my brain was yet. going there. <laughs> we're not there yet. I jumped the gun um, against Boston. Yeah, which is surprising. Very surprising. I think they're still quite, Boston is still favored. But yeah, he's been kicking tail. I mean, the last, it, it's funny though, the, the last night's game, uh, you know, David Pasternak, who's probably one of the best players in the NHL right now, uh, he had a wide open net and he completely missed the shot. So, oh yeah! I, I, I mean, that was Sorry, not a Boston good fans. start to that game. Um, <laughs> oh no! You know, all went downhill. You know, when your best player hits the post on a like pretty much empty net goal, yeah, that's pretty bad. That's not a good start. That's pretty bad. It's like the Brad Marchand um, shootout where he just nicked the top of the puck yep. and it considered. Yep, that was so, that was so fun. I mean, you're right. Kyle Palmieri tied up the game. He is just, he is playing on fire, inspired hockey. I feel like he's really clicking with the Islanders. I hope they, you know, I'm rooting for the Islanders because they have so many old devils on them. But, and, well, and you must cheer for them because 
you can't cheer for Boston. Well, I mean, you know, I kind of like it's like I I really like the Avalanche. I'd like to see them win the cup. I think they're going but to. But my sort of my I don't know. Your heart. My heart is saying go Islanders because of the fact that they have some of my favorite Devils players playing for them. Uh so kind of an unexpected moment of that game. I don't know if you uh saw. So Taylor Hall, you know how much we love him. Mm-hmm. He's been quite a revelation for Boston since he's been traded there. See, um, it's because we talk poorly about him. Go ahead. He's really been doing well in the second line with um, Krejcik and uh, Craig Smith. He's put up really good offensive numbers, which he didn't have while he was in Buffalo. Or New um, Jersey for the second half of his time there. Yeah. Go ahead. He has not been shy about his... Wanting to stay with the Bruins past this season. Um, well, there so, goes the Bruins. Go ahead. <laughs> so what? A, what's a better way to endear yourself to the Boston fans than to get into a fight? And he got into a fight. He instigated a fight on Saturday uh, with um, Scott Mayfield. And according to HockeyFights.com, mm-hmm. this was Hall's second fight since 2011. Yeah, that's about right. Nope. That's about right. Wow. So 10 years, two fights. Mm-hmm. Wow. And he instigated it. Did he win? Um, I mean, he got some good shots in. The he did not win. Mayfield's helmet fell off. I, oh, I think good. If, if I had to say, I would say he did. He got, he he got did. it? Wow. Taylor Hall did win. I didn't know he had it in him. So I'm thinking that if the Bruins management doesn't sign him to uh, for in this summer for next year, I think the fans may be kind of angry. Because I hate to say it, he's been lighting it up for Boston. I mean, he's doing he what he did for Jersey when he won the Hart Trophy. It's just going to go down. It's just going to go down. Sorry. All right. Well, I well, mean, I, I mean, think that's fine for us. Like, but I think stay that with Boston, please. I think he's a pretty smart guy. So I think you know he's not a fighter, but I think maybe that fight was to really show I that you were going to say like they brought him like baked beans or something. Like brought the team like. Clam chowder? Sausage sandwiches or something. (laughs) (laughs) It's very Italian in Boston. Are you hungry? (laughs) I am, actually. I'm I'm hungry. I was like, you know, endearing to the fans. but Well, he got into a fist fight. He started and That's good. That's what Boston fans like, too. That's good. So that game is tied 2 2, that series. Okay. So, you know, hey, go Islanders because. It broke my heart when Kyle Palmieri and Travis Sajak were traded from the Devils. So Kyle Palmieri was my guy. I have a Palmieri jersey. I also have a Zajac jersey. So yep. I was very sad to see them go. Yep. But I would be happy for them if they won a Stanley Cup, even yeah. if it is in another team. Oh, yeah. So I still think Colorado is the favorite. I, I, I think it's going to be a Colorado-Tampa well, Bay well, have you seen Tampa Bay championship? They they're uh, three and one over over Carolina. Carolina, who are a no joke team. Yeah, no, they're they're a good team. Carolina is a good team. Yeah, I feel like Tampa Bay is doing kind of what they did last year, where they sort of were peaking at the um, at the right moment. So, well, I, and I, I feel like they have a shot to go back to back. Well, and Saturday's game. I think what really is helping Tampa Bay is their power play. Their power play is operating on a no- whole other level this Are season. Uh, I, I mean, they, you know, the the Tampa Bay, you know, they they got I think four, three or four goals Saturday night on <sighs> yeah on power plays. Wow! So their power play is just amazing. Also, the fact that 
Uh, they've got Vasilevsky as their goalie, who yep. I think is one of the best in the game. Yep. Yeah. So the Hurricanes, they've got to stop giving Tampa Bay the power play opportunity. And they're super aggressive. Like um, Carolina is trying to play them really aggressive, but and it's obviously not. No, because they're getting penalties. Mm-hmm. So they're getting penalties, and Tampa Bay has the best power play in NHL. Like again, they're on a whole other level this season. So you cannot give them power play situations because they will take advantage of it. I think that would be one hell of a Stanley Cup, Colorado Tampa Bay. I could see that. I, I think it would that. be really good. So you're you're completely uh, discounting the Canadians. You don't yes. think any Canadians? No. Now, did you see today they just of announced... Of the two that are left, no. They just announced the NHL has brokered an arrangement with Canada. So now they're allowing... They're going to allow the teams to travel. So we'll be able to have Canadian representation in, in uh, postseason. And will they play in Canada? Is that what they were allowing? Or I was didn't it... see that. It just oh, okay. flashed on the bottom of the screen. My thinking so is just they're going to they... come south. Whoever wins is just going to come south. And maybe... I th- yeah, I mean, that, that's... Yeah. It's the only fair... I mean, yeah. it's just so they can play it. Yeah. Now, Colorado, Tampa Bay. You're saying mine. Colorado. They've got to get through the Golden Knights first. Mm, not worried about it. Now, they... Abs are 2-1. and one. Golden Knights were behind 0-2 and two in this series. Uh, but... And, you know, they, they played at their own arena in front of 17,000 fans. They scored twice in less than three minutes and took game three. They, I know, and they're in Vegas tonight, too. Yeah. But I, mean, I still see Colorado winning. They were dominant in Vegas. They controlled 75% of the high-danger shot attempts. Uh, you know, they were, you know, looking really competitive, um, you know, the one thing Colorado ha- still has going for them is uh, Miko Ratanen, who is riding a 17-game point streak in the playoffs. But I feel like Colorado may have peaked a little too early. You think so? I don't See, know. See, I don't know. I don't know. I'm kind of feeling like uh, I'm kind of feeling like they're they're going to be okay though. I mean, the Golden Knights are one of the best teams at home in their home ice. They are. They are. They're one of the best. Yeah, they definitely are. So, but I still think Colorado, I still think it's going to be a Colorado-Tampa Bay Stanley Cup, which again, will be probably seven games because they're both really good teams. Oh, yeah. But I, Tampa I think, Bay, man, the way, like I said, they're peaking. I feel like they're peaking. So you never know. Well, I, I think with the, the quality of play this season, I think the Stanley Cup is going to go seven games no yeah. matter who the teams are. It's been very balanced this year, which which I like. I like, we, I um, usually had like, you know, one or two teams that were just dominant. Uh, was it wasn't last season because it was the shortened season might have been the one before where they had the um all of the number one seeds got knocked out in the first round oh yeah that was that was that great. was great yeah, it was, that was, was st. amazing louis. yep yep that was amazing yeah st louis and then last year was tampa, tampa bay. bay yep so it's been nice so we've had different teams that haven't won in a long time and that st louis game went seven games yeah so um yeah so i i'm still going with carolina tampa bay Colorado, Tampa Bay. Carolina. Colorado, Tampa Bay. Confusing my, your C's. I got my C's messed up. Colorado, Tampa Bay. Colorado. That's I'm going with Colorado. Um, anything else on hockey you want to go over? Um, I think that is it. That's it. Uh, my big thing was Taylor Hall and wow. getting into a fight. His I mean, second fight in 10 years. That That's means, about right. Wait, so that means he never had a fight with the Devils? I completely agree with that. Is that, that he right? He would skate away. He, he would didn't s- want to hurt himself. 
He's he's such I remember, a. I remember when he was there and somebody hit Taylor Hall and Nico Heischer was our first pick. It was like I don't know, maybe one of the first twenty games of the season, and he went skating over to defend Taylor Hall, and I was like, "Way to go, rookie! That You're is awesome. a team player. You're a team player." As Taylor Hall skated away. Well, Taylor Hall was waiting for the right opportunity. He's an opportunistic guy. He wants a Stanley Cup. So he knew, blame him. I'm not getting it in Buffalo. So he got I'm out. I'm not going to get it in Jersey. So yep. I'm out. So he saw, the, he saw the chance with the Bruins and he jumped on and it. That was it. Well, I mean, good luck to him on the rest of his uh, hockey career in Boston. I'm sure he will. Well, just like New Jersey, it. he will have an amazing season and he will get re-signed <laughs> and he's going to suck next year. So <sighs> Boston, you better hope that you get your Stanley Cup this year because he's not going to do anything for you next year. There you go. And Lisa, with that. Lisa has spoken. <laughs> and with that, can we switch over to the NFL? NF- and, and <laughs> the NFL. I think you need another cupcake. Man, I think I need some caffeine. The NF. You need L. another cupcake. You need it another was like some NHL sugar. NHL and NFL combined. Yeah, I know. It was like I, NFL. <laughs> I think you need cupcake. Man, I need a, a nap. cup of coffee and a know. cupcake. Uh, just so everyone knows, the heat index is like 106 here today, and our air conditions—they've been cranked. <laughs> and I'm not sure if it's like the Freon, maybe I'm getting high off of it. Who knows? But um, but the NFL. We talked about this before in the past. The Julio Jones has finally been traded. And I think um, I think there's one winner out of this. But um, if you want to go ahead and talk a little well, bit about the trade. I know. Uh, so Tennessee, because they lost uh, Corey Davis. Mm-hmm. They lost um, tight end Jonu Smith. They needed somebody that can catch a ball. Yeah. <laughs> And they gave up a bunch of future picks and some money. I think there's there's a major winner in this, and it is A.J. Brown. Uh, yeah. I think A.J. Brown, <laughs> if you're in fantasy football and you have the first pick, I know it's going to be tempting to take, I don't know, whoever, but A.J. Brown is not going to be considered your top pick, but with this, he has to be considered one of the best receivers in the game. I mean, the dude's a monster anyway. Yeah. Um, and now you've just added a guy that has what, like 12,000 yards, 868 <laughs> receptions. Like, holy cow. I think, uh, Julio still has a lot of playing years ahead 100%. of him. 100%. He uh, was just not happy in Atlanta. No, he's, he was going to have a great Very year. unhappy in Atlanta. I think he is going to do phenomenal at Tennessee. I agree. So you're saying AJ Brown is the big winner. I think AJ Brown's a big winner. You don't think that Tennessee gave up too many picks or no, I don't think so either. I don't think so. I don't think so at all. So you have Derrick Henry. Who I wish I had in fantasy. Beast. So you have a run game and now you have two of the best receivers in the NFL. Top mm-hmm. both top five. Yeah. When Jones is on, top five. Mm-hmm. You have two top five receivers. You have Ryan Tannehill is the only one that makes me really nervous. Yes. And the, I was just about to say that. The only reason that he makes me nervous is, I, I don't know. He like He's not flashy. He's not flashy, but he's a, he's a little bit inconsistent. Um, but I feel like, I feel like he's okay and will be fine. He with gets this. the job done in the he system does. that he has. He does. And I think he's going to be okay. I think long-term, the Titans absolutely need if they can get a quarterback. Watch Aaron Rodgers go there now. Um, if they could get a quarterback, 
this team is it has potential to be pretty good next year. I don't yeah, know I mean they're, they're got, not Super Bowl, but they have. I mean that playoff, defense. I think they have the defense. They have good defense. They have a good O line. They do have a, a new um, offensive coordinator this year, so oh. I, I think watch out for Tennessee next year. Yeah, but the real winner in that is AJ Brown. I think AJ Brown. I think AJ Brown is the one that is the real winner. In so this. now Atlanta. I'm trying to think. Did they draft any wide receivers? Or who was who their wide receiving core? Uh, I mean, they did draft Kyle Pitts, that phenomenal tight end from Florida. Um, but I was just trying to think who their wide receivers were. Do you know that? Well, I I knew that when what the overall Falcons wide receivers. Yeah, who do they have? Because I was just trying to think of that. Like they, I said they've got they've got that new tight end. Well, Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts can can change a team in a heartbeat. Absolutely, but you, you, they need wide receivers yes. too. That's why I was just curious who their wide receivers are going to be next season. Falcons have Calvin Ridley, who I think is a, a bit underrated, and if he can actually stay healthy, I think he he will he will be fine. Um, and that's really the only one I can think of that is any sort of. Well, maybe Atlanta will make some moves. Because getting rid of Julio Jones has got to clear up salary space. They, pos- they they picked up Austin Trammell. Okay. And they picked up Antonio Nunn. Yeah. I mean, they, they do have Russell Gage. Like, I feel like he he has potential, but he, he just hasn't shown it at all. So, uh, Calvin Ridley. And their tight end, Kyle Pitts. Yeah, and Kyle Pitts. I think that's kind of it. All right. So well, it'll be interesting to see if they pick somebody up. This they might. could also be, I mean, for Atlanta, they just got a bunch of picks. Uh, this could be a rebuild year. One of those picks better be a quarterback. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, it's time to draft your future quarterback. Matt yeah. Ryan's not getting any younger. I love no. Matt Ryan. No, he's not I do getting too. any younger. I do too. I think he's great. Um, he did not do very well for me fantasy-wise this year, but he was very streaky. He'd have one game where he'd be like, he'd have 50-some-odd points. And, and then he was on your bench. <clears throat> and then another game, he'd have 18 so <laughs> well it's because he never had a consistent target to throw to between injuries and julio jones's petulance yeah <laughs> so yeah so nfl i think this is going to kind of open up some things it'll be um interesting to see what else happens um i haven't heard anything on the aaron Rodgers no news i haven't heard anything on that the only um, thing i I'm heard still is thinking new york or vegas those are my two the only thing i heard about <clears throat> aaron jones is that who aaron jones oh my god Aaron Rodgers. I'm getting your disease. The only thing I've heard about Aaron Rodgers is that uh, the team management came out and basically said that it's sort of tearing the fan base apart. What's going on with Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. So that's, that's all I've seen. Well, no shit, Sherlock. What do they expect? <laughs> I, I think they're, are they trying to make Aaron Rodgers feel guilty? Of course. It's not going to work. No, it's Aaron Rodgers. I wouldn't feel guilty. You're not treating me well. Well, I'm sorry. I feel like you're not treating me well. I can't say I'm not getting paid enough because I clearly am. Clearly. I want another Super Bowl and you're not doing anything to do it. So I'm out. I, I mean, how many him. years has he been requesting they draft wide receivers and they just haven't? They just haven't. So. They haven't. Yeah, I don't I don't blame him. Okay. But um, no, I think he. I think they're trying to make him feel guilty and do it for the fans. No, nobody does that anymore. That That was so 1950s. Um, yeah, the only sport they may do that is hockey. Maybe. Maybe. That's maybe. why I, I didn't say it was a sure thing. I said maybe. Maybe. 
But yeah, I, I feel like the uh, I, I feel like he's gonna move. Vegas or Giants, those are those are my two. Who knows if I'm right? Who knows? Who knows? But those he are my might two. end up staying. You never know. Never know. Never know. Um, that's our NFL stuff. We've got some golf drama, some PGA drama, which um, just want to real quick with the LPGA through um, six on the the uh, the final day of the tournament in San Francisco, playing at the Olympic course. Lexi Thompson, American, is winning. All right, she's Lexi. up by five strokes. Yes, through six. Nice. So um, yeah, pretty psyched. Pretty psyched um, for her. I I just wanted to say. I- I feel so bad for John Rom. Yeah, I'm not a John Rom fan at all. Like just me personally, I don't know why. I'm just not. He, I don't know. He was leading the Memorial Tournament by six strokes, <clears throat> and was informed following Saturday's third round that he tested positive for COVID nineteen and was withdrawn from the tournament. I don't get it. He's ranked second in the world. Um, was given the news by PGA Tour medical personnel as he walked off the 18th green at Muirfield Village Golf Club, where he is the defending champion. So according to the PGA, uh, Rom was notified on Monday that he'd be subject to contract tracing, contact tracing protocols after coming into close contact with a person who is positive for COVID-19. Rom was allowed to remain in the tournament with the stipulation he be tested every day and was restricted from using indoor facilities such as the clubhouse and locker room. John Rahm had tested negative every day, but his most recent test performed following the conclusion of his rain-delayed second round on Saturday and before the start of his third round returned a positive result while he was still on the course. And they requested a confirmatory test on the original sample, so they tested it again, and it came back positive again. Now, <clears throat> it's unfortunate because he's asymptomatic. That so stinks. He's, he doesn't have any symptoms. But he's got to isolate for 10, dies, 10 days, <clears throat> uh, which will put him in isolation until June 15th, two days before the start of the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines, where Rom won the 2017 PGA Tour event. So we don't know if Rom had the vaccine or not, uh, but... Basically, according to the PGA, players who are fully vaccinated no longer have to get weekly testing. So vaccinated players also are not subject to the contact tracing that Ron was part of last week, which means he didn't get the vaccine. (sighs) So he was taking part in social distancing uh, measures during the tournament. Um, He'd had some contact with players Scotty Scheffler, Colin Morikawa, Patrick Cantley, Xander Shoffley, um, but they were cleared following contact tracing protocols. So right now, Patrick Cantley is tied for the 54-hole lead with Colin Morikawa at 12 under, three strokes ahead of Scheffler and Brandon Grace. So that's crazy. I think this is really crappy. I just going to throw that out there. Go ahead. So reportedly 50% of the PGA Tour is vaccinated and they no longer have to get tested. So Rom was still being tested, which means he's not vaccinated. So the moral of the story is go get test, uh, go get uh, vaccinated. Now they asked the PGA, <laughs> would, would have there been any way for Rom to continue in the tournament? Maybe, you know, having a one person grouping. Yeah. Or, uh, or because golf is played outside. Stay, and stay six feet away. Yes. And, PGA representative said tour protocols don't allow it and they followed their medical advisors recommendations and 
they will not allow someone who is actively infected to participate. But he's already infected people. I mean, he's he's already infected people because he got tested and it came back positive, which meant he was carrying it before. That's the part that ticks me off. Stick a mask on the guy. Just say, look, you've got to be six feet away. That's it. When you have to talk to your caddy, you've got to, you know, do it through your mask six feet away. Everyone has been able to have conversations, you know, uh, six feet away with masks on. He hands you the clubs. He wipes it down each time. Whatever. I think it's crap. It's an outdoor sport. Like, I get it for hockey. I get it for basketball. I half get it for baseball. Half get it. <laughs> like, I'm, all right, whatever. But I get it for those really tight indoor events. But he's already infected people. But at least, I mean, you've got to look at it this way. The PGA, their protocols are working. They've had 50 events since coming back. There's only been four positive tests, including Rom, uh, within the competition. So he's the first positive asymptomatic case as part of the tour's routine contact tracing protocol. So, I mean, it's working. They've only yeah, had I don't think three we... other infected individuals. Yeah, but when were they? They were last year when we were at the height of this pandemic. That's what I don't understand, is that we're at a point now where... You can go do things. You you can. Things are opening up. and you some, If you're you, vaccinated. If you're vaccinated. But if you're not, it's still open, but you're supposed to mask. So I, I think it's crappy. I think it's crappy. I think things could be adjusted. I get it. When I mean, it was maybe before. they're going overboard, but I, I feel like with the, what's going on in this environment, they have to go overboard. We can agree to disagree on this one. No, I think <laughs> I think they should allow him to play. I'm just playing devil's advocate yeah. and sort of no, presenting what the PGA would say if they were sitting next to I me. I think that's fine seven months ago. I don't think it's okay for today. I think cases are low enough All right. that you, they don't have to go through these measures. Well, what's interesting, though, is he was the 10-1 favorite at Caesars Sportsbook by William Hill entering the tournament. So while, any, while under normal circumstances, uh, this would be treated by Caesars as a post-tee-off withdrawal, meaning any bets placed on ROM would not be refunded. But it looks like they're not going to refund any bets placed on him. So that's kind of crummy. So wait, they're saying it's a post-tee-off withdrawal? Yeah. But he didn't withdraw. Oh, that's crappy. That's not right either. So the PGA and who was it? Who was it? William Hill? Uh, Caesar Sportsbook Caesar by William Sport, Hill. Yeah, Caesar Sportbook. Yeah, you both have dropped the ball on this one. So with a victory, Ram could have moved closer to recapturing the number one spot because mm. he's sitting at number two and he would have made $1.67 million. And I think the way he was playing, I mean, he was... He was on fire. He was playing nearly he had a six-stroke lead. Yeah, he was playing nearly flawless golf yep. on the last nine he played. Uh, I think he would have won this tournament. So. Yeah, that's a shame. It's a shame. I mean, I, again, I don't understand why they couldn't have a one-person grouping. So have him they go out by himself. Yeah. They still could have had a two-person grouping, and you just got to stay further away. But send, I mean, they could just send him out by himself. Yeah. To be yeah. really cautious. Yeah. Well, that's that's a shame. It's a shame because it's messing up you know, his ranking as well. So I, I don't agree with that, but you know, whatever the rules there it hasn't been revisited. So you got to follow it. So unfortunately he's out Yeah, and in, in quarantine isolation for 10 days. So better. At least he's not, at least he's not weeks. sick. Yeah. He's not sick. He's not showing any yeah. symptoms. So that's good. I'm happy to hear that. 
Um, there's some drama going on oh, too. Oh yeah, there's a, a there's some good stuff. Bryson versus Brooks. So Bryson DeChambeau. Yes, versus Brooks Kepka. Which so, which side? Which uh, do you want me to be Bryson and you can be Brooks? I'm the, I'm neither side honestly. Okay. Well, so. no, you know, go, go ahead. We could we could have acted it out for everyone. You guys could have used your imagination and we could have acted it out. <laughs> so, so Brooks isn't even playing in this tournament. Am I correct? Bryson is. I think being, I think he's got a valid point. Um, he thinks the PGA Tour needs to step in um, because this feud between him and Brooks Kepka is really escalating towards poor fan behavior. Um, he said this after Kepka offered to supply beer for the fans evicted from a Memorial Tournament on Friday because they were taunting DeChambeau. So what they were doing to Bryson was as he was walking down the the course and while he was getting ready to swing i don't know if it was when he was swinging but when he was getting ready to swing brooks kapka fans would chant brooksy mm-hmm. which is brooks's nickname yeah 10 spectators were ejected on friday which bryson did not say and, he wanted to do and they were making comments during his backswing so they it was see yes. that's not good I, i'm you know i have no problem with uh any of that, but you sh- never, ever, ever in golf, if you're a spectator, do you make noise while the golfer's swinging? Yeah. Like, no. that is just against golf politeness. Yeah. That, that's not, <laughs> that, that's yeah. not okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's not good. And Shambo came out and said, you know, the, the tour needs to handle this. I can't control this. Uh, you know, he's like, I've been, tr- he's it's like, I'm trying it. to take the high road. Um, and he's gonna. He's like, I'm gonna keep doing that, um, and people are gonna do what they want to do. Uh, but he's like, I think the PGA needs to step in. Um, you know, on-site security at the tournament ejected ten people um, for the taunting. Well, that's good. And I think after you know the the whole Phil Mickelson thing um, with everybody going down the course, uh, I I think they're taking it very seriously. Um, yeah. Well, and also it you can't make noise loud noises or taunting while the player's trying to swing the club you can't do that i I mean you don't you don't even do that if you're out playing on your local public nine hole course you don't talk or make noise while a person's taking a shot like that's just the manners of golf see right right and that and that's a shame because so what actually happened and what kind of led to this was there was a golf channel um interview with uh, Brooks Kepka, and he was distracted while being interviewed because Bryson DeChambeau walked behind him. Kepka rolled his eyes and dropped an expletive, and the interview was redone. So because of that, that's why the fans were chanting and following him yeah. and calling him Brooksy and you know stuff like that. So it goes back a long way. I don't really even know what it all kind of stems from, but. You know, I just say just these two, two guys personalities. These two guys just need, need they need to just get into a ring. N- no. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say these two guys need to just meet for a beer. Have a handshake, say sorry, mate, and be done with it. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, there were far fewer incidents during the third round. Um, DeChambeau seemed to have pretty good interaction with spectators, even though he shot a 73 and was well out of contention. Uh, he even said, I wanted to say the fans were really awesome today. They came out and supported me, um, you know, and that it went really well. So. That's great. 
I mean, but, but, uh, Saturday, uh, on security was really quick on the next day, Saturday Good. to admonish anyone who did that, what they did on Friday. Good. Good. So it was, I'm glad I, there's just an etiquette. There's just an etiquette at golf. You know, it's a very polite etiquette. Um, yeah. So Bryson said that his, his, uh, representatives have spoken with tour officials, um, and he said, I think it's something along the lines of how the tour wants players to act. Uh, he then referenced the player impact program and the $40 million to be doled out to 10 players based on their ability to move the needle. Basically, the 10 most popular players. Mm-hmm. and or, or the 10 most mentioned in media. And, and he said, if, if, you know, if Brooks keeps talking about me, then that's great for the PIP fund. That's it. So That's it. So that's good. I, I think it's just stupid. You're two grown men... Just, as I said, meet over a beer or two, shake hands, and be done with it. Yeah, agree to, all right, look, we're not friends. We'll never be friends, but we're in this, this uh, you know, sport together. So, yeah, that's it. And I do think Kepka was wrong um, offering to supply beer to the fans that were evicted. Oh, but it was funny. It was funny, but it was wrong. It was <laughs> yes. wrong. Yes, I agree. I agree. So... Um, anything else on golf? No, that's it. That is it. Uh, you know, maybe we'll see like a MMA match between Bryson and Brooks. Oh, that might be fun. A cage match. <laughs> cage match. That would be if really fun. If they can't fun. meet over beers and make cage a gentleman's match. agreement. Just call, uh, uh, Vince McMahon. Uh, I know he's retired, but I'm sure he could wrangle up something. Well, I, I mean, nowadays it seems like anybody can fight in UFC or MMA matches. Yeah, like the YouTuber. Like the Logan and Jake Paul and... Uh, did you see uh, oh the football player? Uh, oh, uh, he's retired. Cincinnati Bengal. He's fighting Ocho Cinco. <laughs> I mean, he probably needs the money because doesn't he have like twenty kids probably. all by different women? Probably. Probably. Oh yeah, good stuff. Good yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean anybody can be in a fight nowadays. Yeah, it's so. the Floyd Mayweather fight and. In- What's his face is tonight the YouTuber, yeah, uh, Logan Paul. So Logan it's Mayweather Paul. versus Logan Paul. I should be who about. was a Nickelodeon. Him and his brother were Nickelodeon stars, became YouTubers, and have been challenging fights. Uh, yeah, so and basically, winning. unfortunately, winning. If any, that's what I'm saying. Anybody can get into a professional fight. So why don't we have Brayson versus Brooks? There you go. I like it. First a beer if it doesn't work. Cage match, MMA style, to get it done. No clubs allowed in the cage. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so that's golf. Wow, that would be a whole different uh, golf experience, wouldn't it? Yeah. That would definitely be a different golf experience. Can we can we jump over to softball because it's going on now? Yeah. And the games have been totally amazing for the Super Regionals <clears throat> and for the championship weekend. I am a James Madison University bandwagoner. I am Odyssey proud. Alexander. I am proud to be a JMU bandwagoner, but I don't think I know anybody that has gone there, but that's okay. I, I am an Odyssey Alexander fan. Um, yeah, I, that, it, the softball's really been amazing. Uh, Odyssey Alexander is, I, I mean, she's just my new idol. So I was looking at a, an article online and i found some i found something interesting in the article it has five things you should know about odyssey alexander oh okay so i figured i i would um bring them up during our podcast let's do it because uh i think they're pretty cool so 
Odyssey Alexander taught herself to pitch by watching YouTube videos. She started playing softball at the age of seven. Uh, it took another three years to start pitching. Uh, and she said, I was the player who always wanted the ball in my hand, so I figured I should pitch. Uh, she, her early lessons, she would throw a ball against the water well at her grandparents' house where she spray-painted spots on the wall and would throw at it, and then it would bounce back at her. So, I like it. <laughs> uh, as she mastered hitting the spots on the wall with velocity, she then learned how to throw a changeup, which she would watch YouTube videos to learn how to throw uh, different pitches. She's like, I watch different pitchers pitch from different colleges. See, this is a YouTube sensation. This is oh. a YouTube sensation. Go ahead. <clears throat> Number two, Alexander was an accidental recruit. Oh, I, I did know this one. So when J- when then James Madison coach Mickey Dean attended a Virginia high school state championship semifinal in 2014, he had his sights on a pitcher who was throwing on the state's top-ranked 3A team. As he watched the game, he could not take his eyes off of Alexander, who was pitching for the opposing Parkview high school team. As he watched the game, he thought to himself, I want her. He's now the coach at Auburn. Um, but said of Alexander, she's the best. Pl- she was the best player on the field. Powerful, determined. Her team really shouldn't have been competitive with the team that they were going against, but she kept them in the game. Parkview lost that game, but Alexander uh, was offered a scholarship with James Madison. Wow. Uh, she was re- she was playing local. She was totally under the radar. Nobody knew about her. Um, That's and- awesome. Yeah, and the girl that Mickey Dean had gone out to see originally, uh, she was good, but he didn't give her a a scholarship offer. Wow. <laughs> so, wow. so yeah, so she was found accidentally. Uh, number three, uh, she was a three-sport star in high school. Oh, there aren't many of those left. <clears throat> yep, she was a softball, obviously. Uh, she was an all-conference guard on their basketball team. And made the all-district and all-conference team in volleyball. Wow. Look at so, that. You basket- yeah, not too many three-sport athletes out there anymore. So high her high great. school softball coach said that she was one of the best athletes in every sport she played. So. I'm not surprised. She's super athletic. You can tell. She said in volleyball, she was good with kills. And in basketball, she handled the ball and was a great shooter. Look at that. Uh, number four, her brother played college basketball at Kansas State in Memphis. Oh. Isaiah Morris, Alexander's older brother, began his college career at Kansas State in 2016 before transferring to Memphis uh, where he played for Anthony Hardaway. He's a 6'10 forward. Um, she has three other siblings, older brother Jamil and younger sisters Emily and Kaylin. And last thing that you should know about odyssey alexander her grandparents raised her when she was asked about her grandparents uh she gets emotional she says all the things my grandparents have done for me it's like i can't thank them enough they've been my rock from the beginning and she thanks god for blessing such great people in her life i love it so her grandparents were always in the stands from from age seven on uh to see her pitch uh they've traveled all over the u.s to see her uh, and her grandfather didn't, grandfather didn't make it out to Oklahoma, but her grandmother is there. That's great. So that's awesome. That's really exciting. See, I like her even more now. I like her even more. And I also like Lindsay Meeks, their third baseman. 4'11 and powerful. She's great. <laughs> she's such a little spark plug and just fierce. And she's already graduated. She's a red shirt junior. 
Um, she's already working on her master's at a school in Ohio. Is yeah, so Miami she's been yeah she's been commuting. Yeah, yeah, from James Madison to there to do work on her master's in I think it's occupational therapy. If PT. I, I think it was PT. PT or OT. But um, yeah, she she can get the team fired up. Um, they're just a lot of fun to watch. The games have been really amazing. Um, I think Alabama could. <laughs> I think Alabama could win. Um, they the defending champion UCLA Bruins. Brought back a good portion of their team, including Rachel Garcia, who's going to be pitching, and Bubba Nichols, who Garcia will be pitching for the U.S. women's team in the Olympics, and Bubba Nichols will be playing um, outfield for the team. So two, you have two Olympians on this team. You have an incredible coaching staff. UCLA, I thought, was pretty primed to make it to the championship game, and then Alabama perfect games them yeah i actually have some uh montana fouts was just outstanding i have some interesting things to say about that let's go so uh, montana fouts she pitched a perfect game on her 21st birthday uh in that game it marks the fifth perfect game in women's college world series history and the first since southern miss pitcher courtney blades did it in 2000 in a 1-0 win over arizona Wow. So we haven't seen a perfect game since... Wow, 21 years. 2000. 21 years. So in all, Fouts had 14 strikeouts against UCLA, adding to the 16 strikeouts she had in the opener on Thursday against Arizona. Fouts has 10 or more strikeouts in 22 games, including nine straight. Her 344 strikeouts this season are the fourth most in Alabama history. And I think as she has become more dominant this season, so has Alabama. Oh, uh, totally agree. Crimson Tide, they've won 20 straight games and beat UCLA for the first time in program history. This this Alabama team, I truly believe that Alabama could raise the trophy Tuesday night. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. I think I definitely think they could. Um, I, I, I thought Oklahoma was the team to beat coming into this. Um, Oklahoma had to survive yesterday. They had lost on Friday to James Madison, mm-hmm. which was a total shocker. And um, Oklahoma then had to play two games on Saturday. They won both of the games. First game was against Georgia, eliminated Georgia. And then the second game was against UCLA, which to me was like the prime matchup. Like this, that should have been it was the, one and the two. national champion championship game. If they had played maybe four weeks ago. <laughs> and they had they had a two and a half hour rain delay. Yeah. So they didn't start the game till it was after nine. I and think. then they had to play another game. It was Florida State versus Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. So Oklahoma won ten to three, eliminated UCLA, made it to Sunday. It's in for those who don't know, it's a double elimination tournament. So when you lose two, you're done. So UCLA uh, lost two. They lost to Alabama, and then they lost to Oklahoma. So they go home. Then the, ne- the last game was Florida State, Oklahoma State, which Florida State has been a nice surprise as well. I'm sort mm-hmm. of, I just can't join their bandwagon. Just can't. Um, but all right, Dukey. I'm I am 100% very impressed with Florida State. They beat Oklahoma State, who I actually thought was better than Oklahoma. So <laughs> so they won, and that game didn't get done until 2.15 in the morning, their time. Yeah. It's central time. And now, at 1 o'clock today, Oklahoma, Oklahoma had, to, had to play and play. a game, and then Florida State has to play the yeah. next game. Yep. So after finishing their game late, they now yep. have to play the next game. And Jess Mendoza, the amazing U.S. Olympian yes. uh, broadcaster, 
she put out a tweet, which I agree with 100%. She said, we need change NCAA. Love this sport and those who play it. Playing through middle of the night to come back tomorrow and play a doubleheader on the biggest stage of their lives. It's not right. Men's College World Series has double the amount of days with the same amount of teams. So this doesn't happen with the Men's College World Series in baseball because they, they have double the amount of days to play the tournament. So they And they only play two more innings than the women. Yeah. Seven to nine. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I always felt like it was very jammed in there. Like, so Oklahoma, James Madison played today. Oklahoma's got, had one loss. James Madison had none. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma won. So now they're one and one. They're going to play each other again Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma and James Madison. And James Madison only has Odyssey Alexander as their pitcher. So she has pitched om- over 300 pitches. <laughs> She's got, it must be, because you usually do about maybe 80 to 90 a game. Yeah. Um, sometimes you do a lot more than that. And she's gotten banged up a little bit. I mean, she, she got hit in the leg with a pitch today. Her foot, so. her foot, she her foot, her foot. I'm sorry, yep. uh, I think it was her plant foot for pitching. Her left foot, yep. Yep, and she hurt her throwing hand the day before making that unbelievable play. Yes, if you have not seen the play, we will put it on the this um, podcast page. It's, it is arguably, I would argue it's the best play I've, that's ever happened in the the uh, softball World Series. Yeah. I mean, there there have been some great walk-off hits and home runs, but this play and the fact that James Madison got out of that inning, second and third, no outs, with, you know, they're knocking on the door, mm-hmm. and they got out of that. that yeah, that, that was unbelievable. So, yes. Um, so I think Jess Mendoza is 100% right. Uh, why not space why, it out I don't more know like why the they men. don't space it out more. Like, have the championship on Friday. Yeah. I, I Give them a day off. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Because, I mean, yes, they're like 19, 20, 21 years old. And at that age, you feel kind of invincible. But I would need about three weeks off between games. Three yeah. weeks? Talk about like a month. <laughs> month and a half. <laughs> so, yeah, softball's been really amazing. It's been very, very good. I, I don't know what's happening. Your national champion got eliminated. Yes. UCLA. And I, I don't know what's happening with the baseball. What's happening with the baseball? Yeah, the college baseball World Series. Oh, I thought you were talking about Major League Baseball. No, sorry. Get that. Um, I, I I will admit I have not been following that at all. Wow. Yeah, they have a lot more teams left. It's yeah. That's crazy. All right, we can cut that out. It's this. Yeah, I mean, but they have double the time. Yeah. It it's just not right. I agree with Jess Mendoza. I, I just think. They need more time to play. I mean, you finished. What was the time they finished playing? Two fifteen in the 2:15. morning. And you know you're not going to go to bed right away. Like you're not going to sleep at two fifteen. You are. Uh, you're, you're not going to bed until at least four. Yeah, and then you've got to get, get up, up and play, play at three thirty in the afternoon. Yeah, that's not right. That's not right. Yeah, you know, yeah. There isn't enough pixie sticks that I could eat to pixie sticks. <laughs> it's pure sugar, only flavored. I always like. Do you remember the the Gatorade gum? Nope, I never used the Gatorade gum. That stuff was good. I was never a gum person. You played softball and you didn't chew gum. Oh, no, that's wrong. I did play use gum. I did use gum in softball. Primarily because I was bored. Sometimes. Yeah. All right. Usually, yeah. Well, I like the Gatorade gum. Nice. That was good. I don't think they make it anymore. Probably not. <laughs> now they have like all kinds of fancy products that they sell Gatorade. They have like... 
gels and bars yep. and shakes and I mean when we were kids they just had like the powder. Yeah, they had fruit punch, orange, and lemon lime. That right? was it. That I was think it. That was it. I I and don't know why fruit punch was hard. I think it was probably more expensive. Well, we always ended up with lemon lime, and I was I, like, I don't like lemon lime. This is I gross. had this weird thing. I I had to when I you know when I was fencing, I always had to have orange Gatorade. It was like kind of like my thing, my good luck charm. I don't know. I did not have anything like that. I didn't. I don't think I did. You would wear like the same socks or. I had would have to dress the same way for softball. Softball was about the only sport that I was very quirky in. Everything else was kind of like, eh. And if I dressed wrong, then I would have to start all over again. And I, I just did had that like once. Orange Gatorade. Nice. I like and it. My foil, whole long story, but fencing, when you have foils, you usually put electrical tape on the ends of them. I always had to have green and yellow tape in a certain way because that was the colors of my high school. So... But I always had to have orange Gatorade. I like it. Yeah. And I don't even really like orange Gatorade that much, but I had to have orange Gatorade. That's even better. Yeah. <laughs> I, no, it's fine. It's not that I don't like it, but I, you know, I, I like, uh, I like fruit punch. Well, now, I mean, we've got a plethora of flavors to choose do. from. I'm not quite sure and to do And zero sugar, low sugar, regular strength, like. Yep. Pretty much everything. Good old Gatorade. That's, now, another, that's another good. I was for just about short. to say that was a really good 30 for 30. Uh, how short it was a short. yeah it was a short where Gatorade came from that was good I mean everybody knows it came from Florida but yeah but it was a good one I like that one um I don't think I have anything else um hmm no, no I don't I think, think so good. I think we're good well uh, what's going on um is JMU losing right now they, they don't play till seven o'clock they, oh, lost, they lost they okay. lost six to three sorry so they play tonight at seven and Florida State and Alabama are the next game okay so yeah, that's it. That's all we have for this week. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed. Do follow us on social media. Check out our website. Lisa has been trying to consistently write the This Week in Sports History blog. Which yeah, somebody been, needs to start writing which some has blogs. Been, which has been really fun. <laughs> she's fine. I'm not writing any blogs. Um, <laughs> she's got us covered. But yeah, thank you for joining us. Do uh, check us out and uh, we will talk to you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Time Out with Jen and Lisa. You can follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anchor.fm slash timeoutjl, and also on Spotify.